A reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, verse 6. Mandur atmatmanastasya yenatmaivatmana jita anatmanastushatilvevartetat maivashatuvart. For him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, his mind will remain the greatest enemy. Purport, the purpose of practicing Eightfold Yoga is to control the mind in order to make it a friend in discharging the human mission. Unless the mind is controlled, the practice of yoga is simply a waste of time. One who cannot control his mind lives always with the greatest enemy and thus his life and its mission are spoiled. The constitutional position of the living entity is to carry out the order of the superior. As long as one's mind remains an unconquered enemy, one has to serve dictations of lust, anger, avarice, illusion, etc. But when the mind is conquered, one voluntarily agrees to abide by dictation of the personality of Godhead, who is situated within the heart of everyone as Paramatma. Real yoga practice entails meeting the Paramatma, Lord in the heart, and following his dictation. For one who takes to Krishna consciousness directly, perfect surrender to dictation of the Lord follows automatically. Mukam karati vachalam pangam langhategiri yaki pantam hambande sigurutinatavinam amagyanati miranda sagananjashakaya chakshumiritam yanatasamai shigurvedamaha. So we're hearing from this book, Bhagavad Gita, it's the song of God. Yes, God is a person and he sings. He, he has a song. And this is his song, 700 verses of song. So we're very fortunate today to hear the song of God. He's singing for us. And uh, what is his message? Yes, uh, our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, brought uh, this book with him to America, 1965. And he wanted to help the people of America to get peace of mind, to get transcendental knowledge, to get food for the soul. So this is, today we're having food for the soul. Uh, if you go out in the world, you'll get food for the body, you'll get food for the mind, you'll get food for the intelligence. But where do you get food for the soul? Where do you get it? Very hard to find, very hard to find. So this is the place to come to get food for the soul. Our soul is hungry for food. And how many of us are feeding the soul? Um, yes, no, we must feed the soul today. And, so, and after we feed the soul, we'll have food for the body too. But that food is very special. It's actually medicine. Uh, this, 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 these verses are the best treatment for the mad mind. Um, the mind can be our worst, our worst enemy, actually. Uh, you think so many other people are giving you trouble, and uh, you have so many... You might have some enemies, but actually the worst enemy is the mind because it can degrade you. It can degrade you, but it can also be your best friend. It can elevate you too. So uh, this book is teaching how to make your mind your friend. So by hearing of uh, these verses, your mind becomes your friend slowly, slowly. And eating uh, will have a special spiritual food. This is the diet. And what is the disease? The disease is 
that I am trying to enjoy in this world, which is a very difficult uh, thing to do, very difficult because everything's so temporary here. Very, very difficult to find happiness here. If we do find happiness, it's, it's temporary. We can't keep it. So that's why we're not satisfied here, because the soul is looking for eternal happiness that never stops and is always increasing. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for spiritual happiness. Um, so when we conquer the mind, then we can taste spiritual happiness by um, contacting the Lord in the heart and conversing with him. So there has to be a balance. Now, um, uh, the reason we're not happy in this world is because we are imbalanced. It's, it's described that uh, there are three modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. Uh, goodness and in in ignorance uh, were controlled perhaps by drugs, intoxication. We, we uh, can't really get things together at all. And we like to sleep. And that's about it. And we think sleep is the goal. It's, it's, this sleep is happiness. Ignorance is bliss. Um, so that's the mode of ignorance. The mode of passion is well, we work very hard um, to get things. Um, but those things also don't uh, meet our, our qualifications for happiness. They, they may give us some happiness, but next year you have to have the latest model. Maybe this year you might be happy with an iPhone 12, but next year you have to get the latest. Uh, so, yeah, that won't work. And goodness, goodness is the balanced state of the modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. You can control your mind, you can control your anger, and you have a very happy, balanced life. And so, yes, mode of goodness is very good. Um, good to try to get to the mode of goodness. Uh, and the key word... And the mode of goodness and the key word in the Ayurvedic medicine is the same word, and that word is balance. When you have a balance, when your life is balanced, then you can be happy. Uh, there is another verse here later on in this chapter. He who is regulated in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation, and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing yoga system. So we hear a lot about yoga but uh, if you really want to be a success in yoga, then you have to follow certain um, guidelines. So you need to be regulated, eating, sleeping, recreation, and work, these four things. And if you do this, then you'll be free from disease. If you're regulated, your disease will go far away. And that means includes mental. Mental and physical disease can be cured by regulation and by chanting Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. So our guru has given a prescription. If you want to be a yogi at home, then uh, you can't really work that hard. You won't, you'll, you'll disturb the balance. You can't be a yogi and work really hard. You should eat moderately, gratify the senses moderately. Work should be anxietyless. Don't dream too much at night. Now, I don't know how you're going to control that, but that's, what, that's his prescription. And don't be awake at night either. Don't stay awake. That's not good. So you have to regulate yourself. So at one time, our spiritual master, Sri Prabhupada, was speaking on this topic of uh, eating. And uh, one child, eight-year-old child, asked him, him a question. Um, Swamiji, you said, if you eat too much, you will pay. But what about the devotee? What if they eat too much pasada? Uh, that's our spiritual food. 
seems like a you know a good thing. You can't have too much of it. And so um, Prabhupada said to him, "You want to eat more?" And the boy said, "Yeah, I just want to know, know how." Um, so Prabhupada said, "You think you're eating more? So you can eat more. You can eat more." Medical advice: There are two kinds of mistakes in eating, overeating and undereating. So undereating mistake is. Uh, for old old man like an old lady like me is good good mistake good not to overeat good to undereat um, and overeating mistake for boys young children that's good so you can overeat I cannot so then the child asks another question how about Tamal and Vishnu John <laughs> these are older devotees I'm not old I mean they were young um, maybe in their twenties. And Srila Prabhupada said, he cannot. You can. You can eat as much as you like, free pass, but they cannot. <laughs> He's too smart, this little boy. So, um, yes, we, ha- we learned from one five-year-old boy in our scriptures. He was a great devotee, and he was preaching to his father. He was telling his father, give up your demonic mentality. Don't discriminate in your heart between enemies and friends. Make your mind equipoised toward everyone, except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind. There is no enemy in this world. So, yes. So we're hearing about who is the enemy. Now what? Um, we've met the enemy. The enemy is us. Um, but it can also be our greatest friend. Uh, this is the purpose of practicing yoga. Um, so uh, our spiritual master talks about the mission Uh, The purpose of practicing Eightfold Yoga is to control the mind in order to make it a friend in discharging the human mission. We're all human beings. Did you know you had a mission? You got a mission. And what's that mission? (laughs) What's the mission? The mission is to make your life perfect, to be a spiritual being, to um, go to the spiritual world after leaving this body. Don't come back here again to suffer birth and death again and again. That's our mission. That's our mission. So, um, yes, the mind the mind is compared to the wind. Um, but the wind uh, is one of our gurus. What can we learn from the wind? When the wind is blowing in many directions at once and the atmosphere becomes agitated. And so the same way if the mind is always being attracted and repelled by things there will be such mental disturbance that you can't think of the absolute truth. So we have to learn from the wind the art of moving through this world without attachment. So wind, the wind may go over a beautiful rose garden and pick up the scent of the roses. And then after some time it, it, it drops it. Then it may go over a garbage dump and pick up the scent of the garbage. And then it, it drops it after some time. So we go through life, and we pick up the scent of happiness. But we also have to drop it. We're forced, even if we don't want to. And we pick up the scent of distress or misery. And we should also drop it. We shouldn't dwell on it. We shouldn't dwell on, on the miseries of our, our life. Somebody says, how are you? Oh, yeah, today. Oh, I couldn't get out of bed. It was really bad. No, don't dwell on it. Don't dwell. Let it go. Leave it. Leave it. Let go. So that we learn from the wind. So we lose control 
It's described first, um, we want something, we, we want something, and, uh, and uh, we don't get it, and then we get angry. Uh, calm, crowed, desire, anger, and then greed. Even we get what we want, but we're not satisfied, we want more. We want more. And then after that comes illusion. We think, oh, oh dear. Uh, without that, I, I can't live. And then madness, madness. We uh, may take some intoxication to forget our miseries. And enviousness is another thing that happens after that. These people are happy, why am I not happy? Um, so there was one man who used to live, very rich man, one of the richest men. His name was J. J. Paul Getty. Uh, he was American, rich man. And one uh, reporter asked, what is your philosophy? He said his philosophy in one word, more. He had billions, but he was not satisfied. And somebody could have nothing and be happy. And so it's, yeah. I remember one year it was saying, what was the happiest country in the world? And it was Bangladesh, which is one of the poorest countries in the world. Why are they the happiest? Um, so uh, it was, it's not money that money makes you happy. There was one a girl, young girl, teenage girl, who won the lottery in America. And uh, she uh, spent all the money within uh, some million dollars or something, a couple million. She spent it on designer clothes and nice cars and, and just enjoying. It went in three years. And afterwards she said, well, if I had known what it was like to have this money, I would never have taken it. She learned that lesson. So, um, yeah. So this is a symptom of the um, de degradation of our modern society, greed for wealth. And that's why there's very rich people and there's also very poor people in this world. So there are different qu undesirable qualities uh, that can contaminate people if they want too much wealth. Um, that is uh, duplicity, speaking lies, violence, theft, lust, anger, perplexity, pride, quarreling, enmity, faithlessness, envy, and uh, different, the dangers of gambling, intoxication. Uh, these are, these uh, contaminate us. So there was one man in Ireland here who uh, one of our devotees met uh, on book distribution and he had, and uh, he said, the happiest day of my life was when I bought my boat. We see a lot of boats come in here on this lake all day. And then he said, but then the happiest day of my life was when I sold my boat because I couldn't maintain it. It was so much trouble to maintain it. And I said, well, I, I was happier before I got this boat. And so yeah, that happens a lot in this world. We get things and then it's so much trouble just to keep them to keep them. So what can we do about these uh, enemies? These enemies which, actually our mind doesn't have to be our enemy, it's just that it's having bad friends like lust, anger, greed, illusion. These, these things are very bad friends for our mind. Um, so in, in this world people work hard to satisfy their desires. But you can also work hard for Krishna and uh, then you can be free from anxiety. There's so much anxiety to maintain in this world. 
Um, so there's one old Indian, American Indian fable, story, of two dogs fighting. There's the good dog in your heart and there's the bad dog in your heart. Which one is going to win? Um, the one you feed the most. You feed the, the material dog, it's going to win. If you feed the spiritual dog, it's going to win. So, should we just, okay, should we just renounce everything? No, that's not our process. What we have to do is take our senses and connect them. That's yoga. Yoga means to connect. Yoga means to connect. We take our tongue and connect it to the spiritual food. We take our eyes connected to the beautiful forms of Radha and Krishna. We take our ears connected to the singing, the kirtan. So we don't stop. I mean, the yogis in the past, they would just stop everything and just look in, inside. Uh, that was the, in previous ages. But now it's, we can't do that. Our mind's too, too distracted. So we can't do that. So instead, we distract our mind by engaging it spiritually. That's what we do here. And that's how you perfect your, your life. So the same desire, like you may want to be a writer. You may want to write books for uh, making money in this world. But you can do the same thing uh, writing spiritual books. You might want to be an artist and uh, make paintings of this world. Uh, but you can, you can make paintings of the spiritual world, like we have around here. We have some nice paintings up here. And one of our devotees is an artist. And she's also a gardener. So if you go back of the temple, you'll see a beautiful garden back there that she's also uh, working. You may even see her back there, too, in the garden. Uh, I don't know, what country is she from? I can't remember. Uh, Latvia. Latvia? Okay, she's from Latvia. Yeah, so she's an artist and a gardener. And she's very determined because she's on crutches. So you might see her back there on her crutches <laughs> working in the garden. Uh, she has a knee problem waiting for the operation. Um, which should have been in March, but she's still waiting. Um, and so we can use these, these things which are enemies of our mind, we can use it um, and spiritualize it. And then we can be happy, leading spiritual life even in this material world. And so how to spiritualize illusion? Illusion means sometimes we love somebody and, and then we get separated from them. We're feeling, oh, if I don't... If I'm not with my lover, I'll die. So we have those same feelings in spiritual life. Lord Chaitanya, who is down in little there, he had that same feeling. If I don't see Krishna, if I'm not with devotees, I'm feeling so, so sad. So sad. So, but Krishna is here. He came. He, he's, and he, he's calling us here in this book. In the end, he says, give up all varieties of religion. Just surrender to me and I'll protect you from all your karma. Karma is uh, our destiny. We did, karma actually means work. We did some work in our previous lives which will cause us to get some reactions or destiny in this life. So um, Krishna says, I'll take away all your karma. Wouldn't that be nice if all our karma is finished? And so all you have to do is, he's calling, he's, he's surrender to me. Uh, surrender is uh, really important. And uh, surrender, because if we don't surrender to Krishna, then we'll surrender to someone. Or if we don't surrender to someone, we'll surrender to our senses. 
Um, or if we're married, we might surrender to our wife or our husband. So um, about five, 500 years ago, there was one king who had a very intelligent minister. And the minister one time was late to come to the court to, have, to, to um, uh, see the court. And the king said, how come you're late? He said, well, you know, my wife was engaging me. I had to, I had to do what my wife said. And so the king said, ah, I can't believe it. You listen to your wife. And he said, yeah, everyone listens to their wife. You also listen. And so he said, and the king said, okay, prove it to me. So they called all the men of the city to come right in front of the, the palace. And the king was up in the balcony. He said, okay, all men who listen to the wife go on this side. There was a stampede. Everyone went on that side except one man. And the king said, so you are a very brave man. huh? Why didn't you go over there? He said, well, my wife told me to avoid crowds. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And so he proved to the king everyone listens to their wife. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's, it's true. We have to serve somebody. We have to surrender to somebody. And that's our happiness because it's the nature of the soul to serve somebody. That's, that's our happiness. So Krishna said, if you, you serve me, you'll be happy. Um, and so he's protecting us. He's protecting us from our karma. If we just do a little bit for him. Um, so one time, one of our, our gurus, he was on an airplane. And the plane, oh, I told this story here before, but most of you haven't heard it, so I'll tell it again. <laughs> So they were on this airplane, and they were trying to make a landing. And every time they would try to land, then the plane would shudder and, and shiver, and the pilot would just abort the landing and go back up. So then, uh, when, when that happened, our, our devotee, he was going, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And the Muslims were going, Allah, Allah. And the Christians were going, Jesus. Everyone was praying very hard. And so then, uh, next to Maharaj, there was a, a man, and he said, Swamiji, I am a scientist. I do not believe these things. The plane went down again, started shivering, and everyone was singing, was, say, was praying loudly, and the scientists started getting sick. And they went back up, and the scientist said, oh, well, what was that you were saying? Teach me. And they said, Hare Krishna, oh, whole thing, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. So then um, the pilot announced, we're going to try one more time. If we don't make it, we're going back to where we came from. So then the plane went down one more time and started shuddering, and everyone was chanting, even the scientist, and the plane landed safely. So then Maharaj said to the scientist, now, do you believe? And the scientist said, maybe. So Maharaj said, okay, here's my card. If you have any questions, you can call me. And so he, Krishna saves us from danger if we surrender to him. So Maharaj surrendered. And, and we're non-sectarian. You can chant any name. One time our guru, Srila Prabhupada, was in Iran. And it's a Muslim country, and five times a day they chant the names of Allah. They pray. 
So he, Prabhupada was listening and he asked the devotees, what, what are they saying? And the devotee said to Prabhupada, his disciple said, they're saying names of Allah. And Sri Prabhupada said, oh, that's very nice. And the devotee said, but wouldn't it be better if they chant Hare Krishna? And Sri Prabhupada said, you want me to be sectarian? <laughs> so no, he, he was happy that they're engaged in their own religion in the right way. So yes, we should surrender. We should surrender. Um, and he'll protect you from anxiety over future maintenance. Um, he'll protect you from anxiety. Uh, he, said, uh, he says here in Gita that for one who is always thinking of me and serving me, I carry what they lack and preserve what they have. So if you're lacking something, he'll take care of it. And if you have something, he'll protect it. He'll protect it for you. Yeah. And on his, if you look on the bottom of his feet there, you'll see one sign. It's, uh, it's the sign of the sun. It's called a chakra or a wheel. It's the wheel of time. It's also uh, a symbol of the sun. And if you meditate on that sign, then he will protect you from your six enemies, lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness, and um, enviousness. So another thing he'll protect you from is fall down. We, we say that when you're on the spiritual path, um, it's, it's a pro- maybe a problem to stay steady. Sometimes you may leave the path. But he'll protect you from that. Uh, he'll protect you from, from that path. Even if you don't succeed in this life, in your next life, you'll get a chance. Just like there was one of our um, God brothers, Aindra Prabhu, he, um, they started singing and dancing like we were singing here in the temple, out in the streets, because we go out and we sing in the streets too. And as soon as he heard it, he started running after the devotees. And... Uh, and he even left one of his shoes, he went so fast. Uh, he left one of his shoes on the way. And uh, the devotee said, oh, why don't you go get your shoe? He said, no, I'm not going back. That was it <laughs> for him. <laughs> and I just saw a picture of, of, they were singing and dancing in New York City just a few days ago. And one lady started running to the party too. And uh, she, was, she never heard it before, but then they had a film of her leading the kirtan leading the kirtan, like singing Hare Krishna at the top of her voice. And uh, although she never heard it before, but she just started singing. And she was, so, she was so happy, and everybody was dancing to her singing. And so, yeah, it's, uh, if you have that, if you, you won't lose it, whatever you do. You won't lose it. Even your next life, if you have to come back, then it'll, it'll come back to you. And so you're protected. Uh, if you chant the holy name, if you're protected from your your sins in this in this life and previous lives, and um, if you even if you don't take up the path, and you're protected from Maya. Maya is this material world. It's world of illusion. It's always tricking us to think we'll be happy here. It was so funny when I went. Um, I visited Los Angeles, and we visited Hollywood. And there is a sign saying, welcome to the world of illusion. <laughs> the movies, movies, my son calls them, oh, it's an instant dream. Because <laughs> they don't, you know, they, they want entertainment, especially the youth. And, um, and so, yeah.
instant dream. So this world's like an instant dream. Um, because the problem for the youth is they get bored, so then they watch movies. So movies is an instant dream, so they don't have to be bored uh, with their life. But that's not good for you. It's not good because when you, when you see these movies, then your mind takes pictures of them, and it stays in your heart, and who knows how it's going to come out. Thank you for coming. And don't, don't forget to eat the spiritual food after. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, we're protected from our bad qualities, too. Um, yes. We may have some bad qualities. Uh, it comes. It comes. And when we chant Hare Krishna and serve Krishna, then we are protected. Um, so, and we're protected from our desires. Sometimes we had desires that are not good for us. Sinful desires. Um, so if uh, we surrender to Krishna, if we serve Krishna, if we chant Hare Krishna, then we will be protected from those desires. And the protection starts immediately, immediately right at the beginning, uh, according to our spiritual master. Just do a little bit, and you'll be protected. So it's very difficult con to control the restless mind. But if we offer our mind to Krishna, let him take control, he'll surely help us. I'm going to say one verse from our book, Chaitanya Charitamrita. Katanchana smite yasmen duskaram sukaram bave smite viparitam chi chaitanya namamitam. Things that are very difficult to do become easy to execute if one somehow or other simply remembers Lord Chaitanya. So that also goes for Lord Krishna too. But if one does not remember him, even easy things become very difficult. To this Lord Chaitanya, I offer my respectful obeisances. So we'll stop here. If you have any questions, you can ask at this time. And if, yes, of course. <laughs> Just wondering, because so if, if someone when we take to spiritual life, we have experience and material life, so we have, we have experiences of pleasures. And we know that it takes time for our spiritual natures, and before we may, Krishna may give us some, some taste for spiritual Okay, life. so material life we have some pleasure, but and we know that the spiritual happiness is going to come, but it may take some time. So definitely then we're, you know, it's like a um, Intellectually, we know them. Okay? Mm. So we know that we've got to keep doing this because this pleasure is going to arrive. But still, we have attachment because we have time is up. Yeah. Instant. Okay. So we're torn between two worlds. So what's our well? We yeah. Back? One thing to do is to remember um, that what we're what we're here for actually, that there is a goal of the spiritual world of living in the spiritual world. And also even living here in this world without too much anxiety. And so we do find that when we start this path, that there is a natural freedom from anxiety. The anxieties of this world are not that great. So that's the first installment uh, that comes. And then gradually, step by step, we... we and even in, that, in the beginning, we get some happiness too. <coughs> not like it's all... Um, 
I'm boring. Um, we, we keep chanting. <laughs> we keep chanting. But what, it was interesting that you asked that question, because when I was in Moscow, um, some devotee ladies were there, and they asked me the question. They said, you know, it looks like people outside, they're so, it seems they're happier than we are. We're doing austerities here. And I said, well, they're also doing austerities. They're working at a hard job that they, they may not want to be there, may not want to be at that job, but they're working hard. And what's the fruit? You know, they're working hard, like my, my um, sister-in-law, she worked hard her whole life. Even later, she worked till the age of 67, and she retired thinking, okay, now, now I'm going to enjoy without any disturbance. And then she got, within a year, she got a brain tumor, and she was in the nursing home, and she, you know, it was finished. Uh, and I saw my mother-in-law in the nursing home. I said, what, what's the end? What's going to be the end? You have to see the end. You, you spend your whole life, okay, five days a week working hard, and then maybe the weekend you have something. You can sleep. You can get intoxicated to forget the miseries of the week. Um, but, um, yeah, I saw her at the end of her life. And uh, very sad. Uh, she was... They keep them drugged so they don't cause them trouble, cause any trouble to the people who take care of them. Keep them drugged, comb their hair when they don't want to. They're wearing diapers, all of them. And, and we showed her some pictures of her, her, her house and herself, and um, you know, different pictures. And we asked, which one do you like the best? And it was, she pointed to the one of herself at her house. She just wanted to be back home. She wasn't happy there in that nursing home at all. And, and they were preparing for their next life, like next life there'll be babies and wear diapers if they make it to the human life. Um, they were all wearing diapers, and they were si their recreation was sitting in a circle in the wheelchairs, pushing balloons to each other. The babies do that also. Um, so that was the end of her life. And she, she, was, she had enough money, everything, but... Very, very sad to see. And then I see how our devotees in their lives. And there's I, <laughs> the, the life of the kirtan, they're over 70 years old. Uh, Mahavishnu Maharaj, <laughs> he's, he's jumping up and there. We're all jumping up and down and dancing. And, um, and then at the end, you know, we just, you know, people are jumping up and down and dancing around us and, and we're very happy to join the party in the spiritual world because it doesn't end here for us. Now we're dancing and singing and there we're going to be dancing and singing too. Uh, the same, same mantras too. And so um, it's a, a quite different end of life. I've seen many of our devotees um, leave their bodies or die and it's, and it's, and it's very, um, you know, they're, they know where they're going. They're happy know where they're going, and uh, yeah, and so that's, uh, and other, yeah, I was just reading about one, he was living, he was living with a bunch of people in a, in a hospital who were all, all dying, and they were screaming and crying, and, and uh, yeah, there's something called terminal restlessness, just before you die, that you start shouting, don't touch me, don't touch me, leave me alone, <laughs> And it's like we understand that um, in our Bhagavatam, our book, it describes that if 
you have some sinful activities, then you're taken by lower creatures to the lower planets where you have to suffer for your sins. If you kill somebody or if, uh, yeah, sins like that. So, and they call it terminal restlessness, but they're seeing these agents of death coming to get them. So we want to perfect our life. And how we go is on an airplane, a spiritual airplane. We go back to God in a spiritual airplane. And that's, so we're very happy <laughs> at the end of our life to get on that airplane and go to the spiritual world. Is there any other questions? <clears throat> I may have one. Who's stronger, heart or the brain? What's stronger, the heart or, or the, the biggest, yeah. or the brain? Sometimes you make the decision wisely by using brain, but heart disagrees. But sometimes <laughs> you make the decision with heart, but brain disagrees. So yeah, it sounds to me like said you control the desire at the end of the yeah. brain, but the heart overrules it sometimes. Yes. So who should so we listen? Heart or the brain? Who should we listen to? Well, it's. Um, you, it's, you can, so his, his question is, who should we listen to, the heart or the brain? And so we wouldn't, instead of the brain, we would say the intelligence. Intelligence and, and the heart. And so uh, the intelligence usually tells you the right thing to do. So it's, uh, it's better to listen to the intelligence because the intelligence discriminates, whereas the heart may not discriminate. Like love is blind. And so you may be in love with someone, but you're blind to the fact that he's a heroin addict, or you know, <laughs> or you know, you may be that, that may, you may be blind. <laughs> it may blind you. But in in another sense, we use both actually. And we say that religion is like the heart, and um, philosophy is like the brain or the intelligence. So both of them are necessary: religion and philosophy. So the heart of religion, um, if, if you only follow religion or if you only follow the heart with philosophy, then it can be very sentimental and blind. So we need the philosophy. But if you only follow philosophy without the heart, without religion, mm. then it can be just um, very, uh, you're just dried up and you have no compassion for others. You just think of you're, that you're very intelligent and you don't care about, you don't have any emotions or feelings for others. So both are required. Feelings are required, emotions are required, and intelligence is required. How to balance it? Yes. It well, okay, read this book. <laughs> no, no, yeah. You have to balance it, yes. When Krishna, yeah. Lord Krishna was giving words to Arjun, when he was very emotional, that he's picking up the bows and arrows towards his own family. Yes. But then he exactly. asked him to use the brain. So yeah. you think about it, that's their karmas. Yeah. So what we do is is the karma circle or is it a, a religion? Yeah. So you you must use philosophy and heart together. Hmm. You must use two, two together because if you just only concentrate on one, then you'll be out of balance. You must have the balance of the heart and the, and the intelligence, the heart and the brain. You oh. must be balanced. So like... Um, the emotions may say, uh, oh, um, I think, uh, you know, today is such a beautiful day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna go out for a walk, and and your intelligence is saying, you know, go to the temple. It's nice over there too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nature. There's a forest over there too. 
Well, you say, no, no, I'm just going to do what I want to do. So that's, that's the, I mean, the heart is, or the, the emotions are telling, no. And the intelligence is saying, no, no, it's really good if you go and uh, eat the spiritual food and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and see the spiritual people. <laughs> now, intelligence is, is usually um, in a better, it's better. But we do have to balance the two. We have to use both of them. Because without heart, then you can be very dry. Well, Sometimes, you know, the brain wants to be devoted, or the heart wants to be devoted. <laughs> but the atmosphere or people yes. around you, yeah. you know, like you said yourself, it's, it's entirely up to you. To, yeah. The devotion is there inside. It is, it is. Because you are we're far too busy. I'm from London, so life in London is... <laughs> I, I bet. Seven days a week, you're running around, this, doing this. <laughs> you don't get the chance, you know, after the baby boy... You don't even get the chance to spend time with him. And yes, then, yes. you know, you just like, that's why I was just thinking, if I listen to my heart, then how the hell, how everything will run. Exactly. And then if I do use the brain, then you miss out the devotion part. And okay, well, it sounds like you're... You want to be sounds being like, on that. Sounds like your brain is your friend here. Your intelligence is your friend in this case. Um, <laughs> you came all the way from London. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. You're determined. <laughs> oh, well, we, we, we had uh, some Hare Krishna Hare Temple in uh, Watford. Oh, okay. So we go there time to time as well. But okay, good. Because of the pandemic, it was closed down. And, uh, ah. So, uh, you know, but they opened again. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. Yeah. you know, it's just the destiny brought me here. Okay, um, well, I think you had some, here. it's very peaceful here, isn't very, very it? Peaceful. Not like well, London. No, only birds, peacocks, yeah. birds, deer. Yeah. The deer don't make any sound. I, <coughs> I don't hear them. <laughs> yeah, they sound far, they stay far away when the guests come. <laughs> and the peacocks too. Yeah, yeah, we hear the peacock babies now. There's about yeah, 15 of them. Yeah. You have a question? Uh, just a comment. I was just say, going to say in the, in the very beginning, especially hmm. association of those who are engaged in the same path of trying to be spiritualist is very, very important because like you were saying about Arjuna and Krishna, so it was at the point where Arjuna no longer sees Krishna as just a friend that he becomes um, his disciple, his student, and then Krishna guides him. Because it can be very, very difficult to... It was very hard. I mean, I've, hard. I've seen in a sense, we are, they were friends over before anyway, they were like kind of relatives, related with each other, but they were all at a big family. So we're at one stage which are really, you know, honest opinion with Lord Krishna when he was preaching and showing him the whole world that this is what life is all about, devotion, everything is in here. So that's why I you know, yeah. asked if the, you're thinking this or you're thinking that. Because in the heart is thinking, that's my grandpa, that's my cousins, that's my, you know, this, this, this. Where his vision was, if you don't do it, they'll do you. So the way, you know, Krishna was like, that he became a, a, like a disciple for, a, you know, so even, even in London, you have the, ability, a great ability with internet and everything that you can regularly tune into morning classes from the different temples. I often find I have a question that's answered in the class. Mm -hmm. 
even before it comes to the questions about because Krishna arranges that we're inquiring and if we're sincere then he answers those inquiries through his devotees. Mm -hmm. Very often that happens. That's what I was thinking. I said, all the way from there, I had the courage to ask. <laughs> Normally, you know. Yeah. Because the only thing which confuses me, devotion is there, but the rest of things around you <laughs> making you go into that, you yes. know, like going yes. into the free world. Saying, yeah. yes, I want to go this path. <laughs> so that's why I thought, just to see, you know, if the heart is bigger or the brain is bigger. <laughs> You have to balance it. You have to balance have to, it. Yeah. You know, overcome all these obstacles. Exactly. It's interesting. One time, one um, one of our Prabhupada's disciples asked Shri Prabhupada, "It um, did, does Krishna ever preach, speak Bhagavad Gita in London? Oh no, mm -hmm. not London. In hell. In hell. Sorry." <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, it's "Yes, London bad. is." Hell. It's not that bad. <laughs> it used to be. Before it was like in London. Okay. Now you, you say that. Yeah. I don't mean to attack I your city. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's changed. It's changed a lot. I've, I've That's grew up good. And I've seen a lot of changes. That's it good. is like a hell. It's like a, you know, race for uh, to survive. Or no, like, you know, like a fighting. So you don't get peace of mind. You come home, then you think about next day, next day, next day. By yeah. the time you know. Yeah, that's life. Stuff. That's life in the material world. It's, yeah. It's not easy. Not easy to live. It's not. Spiritual part is is difficult, <laughs> and devote, devotees have to devote a lot to yeah. be on the path. And yeah. That's, that's yeah. The it takes. Of Lord Krishna, that they put, that he has chosen his own devotees. In yeah, way of well, you're all chosen. <laughs> he wants everybody. He wants, because he's missing all of you. He's not just missing us. He wants everybody to enjoy with him in the spiritual world. So he's, he's he, you're, you're all called. Everybody's called. Everybody's, he's calling everyone to be with him. That's what, why he came here and said this book, Gita. He said, just come. Come with me. Come to me. And uh, it's up to us to answer the call. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fine. I love that. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tim? Um, um, when you mentioned the, 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 uh, the nursing home, yeah. I was thinking... Um, I had, um, I had an idea before, it would be nice to have a nursing home here, but then somebody suggested it might be better on the mainland over yep. there. Yeah, yeah, because of um, the boat. And... But, um, yeah, it's just... Um, it would be nice, yeah, it's so peaceful. Yeah, it just, of course, we need a plan, and then we need the money. But, yeah, um, exactly. It's, um, the, the idea of... Uh, You'll find the patients. Everyone will be a patient at some stage. Yeah. They have no choice. The idea of being ended up when one is 82 or something in a nursing home with uh, in this country or England or somewhere mm. with um, people that don't really care for you isn't such a you know nice. Yeah, thing. yeah, and it's yeah. true. We are devotees who take care of others in the nursing homes. They're really special. I mean, not in the nursing homes. In our, we have a few, I think, of places. I think in Vrindavan, 
It's not exactly devotees there, no. My, um, my, my wife is from the Philippines, and also mm. I've noticed um, some Indian families as well, because um, um, it's a different culture. Yeah. Uh, she, um, they look after their, um, their older people. They yeah. Um, but, um, but here, um, we don't have that in the culture, so mm. we'd have to maybe create something at some point. Oh, I noticed that our devotees take care of their parents also. That's where Shirupa just came from. <laughs> Taking care of his father and yeah. Yeah, in Japan they have a minister for loneliness. Oh. Wow. Because yeah, the old people are so lonely. Minister for loneliness. Yes. Yeah, I saw I saw something on the internet about how Japanese some ladies and old ladies in Japan they steal on purpose so they'll get put in jail so they'll have company and something to do. You know, because they have nothing to do. And they're 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 just so lonely, and then they and then they have nothing to do. But in the jail, they engage them in work and stuff. And they have company. And they have company. And they get fed. And they get everything taken care of. <laughs> I saw maybe it was China or Japan, one of those countries. Where the ladies, on purpose, they go and steal something from the shop. They're put in jail. <sighs> yeah. Sometimes they used to in Dublin arrest homeless people over the winter period, especially around the Christmas period, mm. and it was an act of kindness. So they'd be taking them in off the street and let them sleep in the cell overnight. Oh. It was kind of an open secret that they used to do that. Wow. When it would get so cold. Oh yeah. For a good while they were doing that. Mm. Wow. But we're always going to find, I suppose, we should make a facility, there's absolutely no doubt. Yeah, exactly, we should. We should, without a doubt, because we preach from the moment we walk in about leaving our bodies and then we're not Mm -hmm. creating a facility to help the bodies to do so. Exactly, yeah. So that's really important. But just from my own observations, there are wonderful people as well who just do it as a vocation. My Mm -hmm. sister takes care of incapacitated prisoners Wow. Um, yeah, in Dublin and I asked her one time like some of them would be lifers as they call them mm. in for life and I asked do you know what these people did do you know why they're in there and she said no all I know is why I'm in there I'm <laughs> in there to take care of them to bathe them and to dress and that's all I need to know and I thought mm, I need to learn from her <laughs> you know she had such a good attitude and the lady one of the ladies who took care of my father when he was terminally ill, we had him at home and she was coming in and bathing him and we were helping her doing all these things for him that he could no longer do himself. And she had lost a child oh. and she had joined as a voluntary nurse of the Irish Cancer Society. Mm. So she was asking me to read Bhagavad Gita to her. Oh. <laughs> those verses, they can know many times. We come through all of those verses together wow. in the father's bed. And the same thing when Krishna Prabhupada was leaving her body uh, Cece's, it was a devotee in Ireland, his aunt came. Her, I don't know what her full name was, but it was Mo. So she used to phone up, Harry Krishna, I'm doing the night shift tonight. <laughs> so Krishna always seems to work <laughs> something out too. Yeah, yeah he takes care. He takes care. Yeah. He does. Okay, so we'll stop here. I'll go to Prabhupada, Hare Krishna. Time for prasadam, spiritual food. <laughs>